0: Hello, everybody. I'm Pam Pastor, host of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. I'm happy that you have found me, but more importantly, I am thrilled that you have found Jesus. Friends, there is power in the name of Jesus. And as we journey together, we will be unleashing discoveries of how to turn hearts of stone into ones of moldable clay for the potter, Jesus, to transform. If you're new to our show, you'll find that this podcast is built upon a foundation of biblical truth. And being a podcast, occasionally I interject an opinion, but I try to make sure to let you know it's only an opinion and not a statement of fact. So hopefully you'll join me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. Periodically, friends, we'll delve into my mailbag answering questions from listeners just like you. So if you have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Well, friends, as we prepare to enter into God's presence today, allow me to speak a blessing over your life. This comes in the form of a bent benediction from moses's brother priest aaron may the lord bless you and protect you may the lord smile on you and be gracious to you may the lord show his favor and give you his peace and that is uh, listed in the book of numbers if you're looking to reference that So I want to welcome you back if you've been following along. Yesterday, we began our study looking back at why the Middle East has experienced so much turmoil and so much unrest over the years. Specifically, we looked into Abraham, whose life spawned a love triangle between his wife and his wife's maidservant in an effort for a child we know hagar and abraham's child to be ishmael now hagar was an egyptian and abraham is credited as the founder of the jewish nation ishmael was known for his ability as an archer a hunter and a warrior He's going to be known as the founder of the Arab nations. He died at 137 years old. Recall learning that God tells Abraham, you are going to have a son with Sarah. You will name him Isaac. We see friends, biblical names carried great authority. They set people apart. They were often descriptions of important facts of one's past and hopes for the future. God provided Abraham with Isaac's name, and it means he laughs. For Abraham and Sarah, being so advanced in years, they probably experienced a number of feelings when they thought about this promised child. They had laughed when God told them of their son. The name Isaac was a testimony to God's power to make his promise a reality. Isaac grew up in a family of forceful initiators. He was a quiet, stick-to-my-own-self type of person, unless he was asked to stand up and take action. He was the only child of Abraham and Sarah, and at that he was protected, nurtured, and kept safe all the way up until the time he would marry Rebecca. And in his family, he would take on the role of patriarch, but his wife Rebecca held the power. Rather than stand his ground Isaac found it easier to lie or compromise than to face confrontations. In spite of this, Isaac was still a part of God's perfect plan. His father Abraham had modeled the gift of faith in the one true God. Additionally, God's promise to create a great nation through which he would bless the world was passed on by Isaac to his twin sons. Isaac really is the miracle child born to Sarah when she was 90 years old, and Abraham when he was 100 years old. Isaac is the first descendant in fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham. Now, Isaac lived in various places in the southern part of Palestine, including Beersheba. Isaac was a wealthy livestock owner. And Paul authored the book of Galatians, and he offers us insights for Abraham's two children, Ishmael and Isaac. We learn in Galatians chapter 4, verses 21 through 31, listen to me, you who want to live under the law. Do you know what the law really says? The scriptures say that Abraham had two sons, one from his slave wife and one from his freeborn wife. The son of the slave wife was born in a human attempt to bring about the fulfillment of God's promise. But the son of the fulfillment of his promise... Now, these two women serve as an illustration of God's two covenants. Hagar, the slave wife, represents Mount Sinai, where people first became enslaved to the law. And now Jerusalem is just like Mount Sinai in Arabia because she and her children live in slavery. But Sarah, the free woman, represents the heavenly Jerusalem, and she is our mother. This is what Isaiah meant when he prophesied, Rejoice, O childless woman, break forth into loud and joyful song, even though you never gave birth to a child. For the woman who could bear no children now has more than all the other women. And you, dear brothers and sisters, are children of the promise, just like Isaac. And we who are born of the Holy Spirit are persecuted by those who want to keep the law. Just as Isaac, the child of promise, was persecuted by Ishmael, the son of the slave wife. But what do the scriptures say about that? Get rid of the slave and her son, for the son of the slave woman will not share the family inheritance with the free woman's son. So dear brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman obligated to the law. We are children of the free woman acceptable to God because of our faith. Here Paul is talking about people saved for eternity As a result of their faith in Jesus, it has nothing to do with what they do on a daily basis. Hagar represents people in bondage to the law. Sarah represents people free from the law. Hagar's abuse from Sarah was like that of the persecution that the Gentile Christians were getting from the Judaizers who insisted on keeping the law in order to be saved. Eventually, like Sarah, we too can triumph because we worship Jesus Christ in faith. Paul explained that what happened to Sarah and Hagar is an allegory or a type of picture of the relationship between God and his people. We've established Abraham and Sarah's promised son is Isaac. He marries Rebecca when he is 40 years old. And we first meet Rebecca through Abraham's servant, Eliezer, who had been sent on a mission to find a wife for Isaac. Her life was categorized by initiative and purpose. When she saw a need, she took action. This is what caught the attention of Eliezer. It was a common courtesy to fetch water for a stranger, but to do so for 10 of his camels was nearly unheard of. That equated to possibly 30 trips to the well. Rebecca happily agreed to be Isaac's bride. And several events later, we see how all initiative is not good initiative. Isaac had inherited everything from his father, including God's promise to make his descendants into a great nation. As a boy. Isaac did not resist as his father prepared to sacrifice him, and as a man, he gladly accepted the wife that others chose for him. Through Isaac, we learn how to let God guide our life and place his will ahead of our own. Genesis chapter 25 verses 21 through 23, Isaac pleaded with the Lord to give Rebecca a child because she was childless, so the Lord answered Isaac's prayer. And his wife became pregnant with twins, but the two children struggled with each other in her womb, so she went to ask the Lord about it. "'Why is this happening to me?' she asked." And the Lord told her, the sons in your womb will become two rival nations. One nation will be stronger than the other. The descendants of your older son will serve the descendants of your younger son. The first twin born was named Esau because he was very red and he was covered with hair. He was Isaac's favorite. His pride and joy, you could say. Then the other twin was born with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So they called him Jacob. Isaac was now 60 years old. The sons grew up and Rebekah favored Jacob. Well, one day, Jacob, the younger twin, was cooking stew. Esau arrived home. He was exhausted and hungry from a hunt. Esau said to Jacob, I'm starved. Give me some of that red stew you've made. Jacob replied, all right, but trade me your birthright for it. Look, I'm dying of starvation, said Esau. What good is my birthright to me right now? So Jacob insisted, well, then swear to me right now that it's mine. So Esau swore an oath. And you know, folks, we're told in scripture not to do that. So right there is another mistake. Thereby selling all of his rights as the firstborn to his younger brother, then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew. Esau ate and drank and went on about his business, indifferent to the fact that he had given up his birthright. Now, a birthright was a special honor given to the firstborn son. It included a double portion of the family inheritance, along with the honor of one day becoming the family's leader. The oldest son could sell his birthright or give it away if he chose. But in doing so, he would lose both material goods and his leadership position. By trading his birthright, Esau showed complete disregard for the spiritual blessings that would have come his way if he would have kept it. You see, friends, this is what happens when we do things like Esau. He acted on short-term gain, and that really translated into a long-term consequence. God always has guardrails in place for us. We just need to tune into them. And God reiterated his covenant promise that he had given Abraham and again to Isaac. And you know, often we hear the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and Jacob. Well, this would have been different. If Esau had not sold that birthright, instead, we would be hearing the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and Esau, not Jacob. But it is what it is, and it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So join me back tomorrow as we look at scripture references that are going to tie us directly into Israel. And friends, if you have not been spiritually reborn, wouldn't now make a good time? God made it clear to enter into the kingdom of heaven. A person must confess belief in his son, Jesus, by professing with their mouth. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. When we place our trust in Jesus, a divine exchange takes place. Jesus takes our sin, making us right with God. And our sin was placed on to Jesus at his crucifixion. His righteousness is given to us at our conversion. We can never repay this extraordinary and extravagant gift of kindness back to Jesus. However, we can show him gratitude by growing and making efforts to obey him deepening our relationship daily. Today, friends, if this is you respectfully, I challenge you to take a bold step of courage and openly confess after me. Father God, today I'm repenting of sin, meaning I'm changing my ways of thinking. Jesus, I invite you to come into my heart. I confess your shed blood washed away my sin from the top of my head to the soles of my feet at the cross on Calvary. Amen. Friends, if you prayed this prayer salvation, you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you through the Holy Spirit, and consider growing by joining a good Bible-based church and surrounding yourself with other like-minded believers who will build up and help edify your faith in Jesus. Now allow me to be the first person to congratulate you on making the most important decision of your life. Congratulations, and God bless you. And friends, the Grace and Peace of God Love Ones podcast will be available most days during the week. And when we're not in the middle of a series on Wednesdays, we will have a special children's podcast. So tune in and you're going to be able to refer back to some of your favorite Bible stories that you grew up with. We'll be discussing and sharing Jesus' unlimited power in our present-day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, spiritual warfare, how to be joyful, what love in action looks like, biblical trust, and so many more. I invite you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark on an adventure of all things Jesus. So please join me. And if you like this episode, make sure to subscribe, ensuring that you're going to get the latest releases as they become available. And friends, occasionally I do make references straight out of my book, The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. If you found the content inspiring or compelling and you want to pick up a copy, you can go to my website at pampastorcopywriting.com or Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or Dorrance.com. And importantly, if you're unable to afford a copy, write to me. I'll find a way to get a free copy into your hands. You won't be disappointed. It is full of God's word. And friends, it's waiting for you to read it. Until next time, remember, you've been marked and sealed with the cross of Jesus Christ forever. Revelation chapter 22, verse 21 tells us the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. What a blessing. Until next time, friends, God bless you.